0: Good morning, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli here, and Dan from Georgia. This is another episode of Genesis to Revelation. Today we'll be picking things up with 2 Kings chapter 2, but first we have the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman who... Reacts very, should, uh, let's say, inappropriately <laughs> when her son dies, and so we'll get to that. And I think in chapter four. But why don't you? Yeah, actually, why don't we tell the story first, and then we'll get back to Second uh, Kings chapter two. Over to you, Dan.
1: Okay. The title of this article is "What the Bible Says About Elisha and the Shunammite Woman." Second Kings chapter four, verses eight through thirty-seven. Integral to understanding this event in Elisha's life are the various characters involved, as well as the scene of the action. The story takes place in the territory of Issachar in northern Israel. Shunem overlooks the fertile plain of Esdralon, Jezreel, toward Mount Carmel, more than 15 miles distant where the prophet has a home. It is just a few miles from the towns of Jezreel to the south, Endor to the east, and Megiddo to the west. The episode occurs during the reign of Jehoram, or Joram, second son of Ahab and Jezebel, roughly 850 B.C. From all indications, Joram gave lip service to God, allowing Elisha freedom to preach and travel, while granting similar freedom to pagan religions. As the writer of 2 Kings explains, And he did evil in the sight of Yahweh, but not like his father and mother. Nevertheless, he persisted in the sins of Jeroboam.
0: So he was just half bad. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The story unfolds among four principal characters, Elisha, God's prophet, Gehazi, his assistant, the Shunammite woman, a wealthy and pious woman, and her young son, miraculously born. The interaction of these four people, each with his or her modern-day counterparts, constructs an intriguing parable with pointed lessons for Christians today. The prophet Elijah is God's servant, Elijah's successor upon whom God's spirit rests and by whom God does great miracles. He is a man of God presented very positively in the biblical record. It is difficult to find a negative description of him or his actions. He represents all of God's true ministers. Gehazi, on the other hand, stands for the hirelings, John chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, then Zechariah chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, who set themselves up as ministers of God, yet care only for themselves and their well-being. This man's greed rises to the surface in the next chapter. When he takes Naaman's money and gifts after Elisha refuses to take them as payment for the Syrian commander's healing. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 20 through 27. For this, God struck Gehazi and his descendants with Naam's leprosy. <clears throat> the Shunammite woman is described as notable, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, a Hebrew word that can connote wealth, piety, renown, or elements of each. In the text, however, her piety predominates as she sets aside a room for Elisha and cares for him whenever he comes to Shunem, verses 9 and 10. Evidently, she keeps the Sabbaths fastidiously, and her husband shrugs off her visiting Elisha on a normal day, verses 22 through 24. <clears throat> she is a type of the church as a whole. See Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31, Revelation Gosh. Chapter twelve, verses one and two, and Revelation chapter nineteen, verses or, seven and or,
0: 8. R- or, or rather, she represents Israel as a whole, not
1: the church. Yeah, back to yeah, yeah, Israel. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we are the church.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: her offspring, a boy, is born as the result of an Abraham and Sarah-like miracle. Second Kings chapter four, verses fourteen through seventeen. Other than that, he seems to get along well with his father and mother, something read between the line. read between the lines, the Bible tells us very little else about this child. To use a literary term, he is every man, and as the child of the type of the church, he represents the individual Christian. Interestingly, the boy's father is an incidental character. He is involved, but only in the background. Normally, we might think he represents God the Father, but this conclusion makes no sense in this case. The boy's father plays his bit part because he existed in the historical reality. Parables do not demand that each detail have an exact antitype, for as we all know, all analogies break down if taken too far. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we can say that, yeah. Okay, so that, that sets the stage for a coming chapter. And so let's go to it. Second uh, Kings chapter two.
1: Okay. First one. And it came to pass when Yahweh would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for Yahweh has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as Yahweh lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that Yahweh will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yes, I know it. Hold you your peace. And Elisha, Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for Yahweh has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As Yahweh lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou that Yahweh will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, yes, I know it. Hold you your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here for Yahweh has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as Yahweh lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. And they two went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground.
0: So this is, what, at least a third time in Scripture, maybe fourth time, that the waters were parted for Israelites so they could yep. go
1: over the river. Okay. Uh, Verse nine. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou ask a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so.
0: You're asking way too much, bro.
1: (laughs) Way too much. Yeah, right. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Ooh. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind unto heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is Yahweh, God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters. They parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. So that's the fourth time. Fourth time. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I wish I could do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> or clear the traffic from the from the superhighway so I can get there faster. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. Verse 15. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, They said, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed down themselves and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, behold now, there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest peradventure the spirit of Yahweh has taken him up and cast him unto some mountain or into some valley. And he said, ye shall not send. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send. They sent, therefore, fifty men, and they sought three days, but found him not. When they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, did I not say unto you, go not? Yes, don't waste your time. Didn't I tell you not to waste
0: your time? (laughs) Right. Hey, we got nothing else to do. (laughs) All right. Back to you.
1: And the men of the city said unto Elisha, behold, I pray thee. The situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not and the ground barren. And he said, bring me a new cru- cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, thus saith Yahweh, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head.
0: <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not wise to mock the prophet, right? Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay.
1: To we'll see what and happens. And he turned back and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of Yahweh. Oh, no. And there came forth two she-bears out of the woods, and tear forty and two children of them.
0: Now, wait a minute. Now, what, uh, is this a a heathen city, or is this an Israelite city? Trying to figure this out. Okay. Not sure. Trying to find a, oh, okay, Bethel. That should be an Israelite yep. city, so maybe the people of Bethel had, uh, you know, re- have to recall that this is the territory of northern Israel, you know, which had become totally paganized. So, so their little kitties were probably yeah, uh, just little little pagan brats, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and actually when you look up this word in the Hebrew, this little children, it can be from the age of it says in the Strong's concordance from the age of infancy to adolescence. So oh, okay. Sure these like these could have been teenage kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. not necessarily small children.
0: So. Yeah, teenage rowdies. Yeah, that's a big difference, exactly. right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this is very harsh punishment, but uh, the Bible is full of harsh punishment, folks. Get used to it. All right. Back to you.
1: Yep. Verse verse 25 to conclude the chapter. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. In the chapter 2.
0: I wish I could do that to people who mock me. (laughs) I'm not there yet. All right. Chapter 3.
1: Chapter 3. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of Yahweh, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep master and rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams with the wool. Wow, that's quite a tribute. Okay. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And King Jehoram went out of Samaria the same time and numbered Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said alas that Yahweh has declared these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab.
0: Oh, okay, but, well, uh, hold on here. It looks like they made a, a a contract with the Edomites to join the army. That's that's mm-hmm. not good. That's a violation of the law. All right, so back to you. Verse
1: 11 But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of Yahweh that we may inquire of Yahweh by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elisha. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of Yahweh is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for Yahweh has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of Yahweh came upon him. And he said, Thus saith Yahweh, Make this valley full of ditches. Oh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> For okay. thus saith Yahweh, You shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of Yahweh. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And you shall smite every fenced city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that behold, there came water by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. Ooh. Okay. And they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore Moab to the spoil." And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites, even in their country. And they beat down the cities and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water and felled all the good trees. Only in Karharaseth left they the stones thereof. Howbeit the slingers went about it and smote it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords, to break through even unto the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was a great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land."
0: Okay, so this seems to be a major contradiction because the Israelites and the the Judahites for sure were not supposed to make any pacts with the Edomites. It doesn't exactly say that the Edomites were, that their army actually engaged in the uh, action, but that the water came from Edom. Now, it's also possible that the Edomites at this point were tributaries to Judah, and, you know, therefore the the Judahites could tell the Edomites what to do, but normally we would not have any kind of uh, compact uh, or agreement with non-Israelites, okay? All right, chapter 4. Chapter 4.
1: Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, "'Thy servant, my husband, is dead.' And thou knowest that thy servant did fear Yahweh, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid has not left anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few." And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children off the rest. Okay,
0: so this is reminiscent of, you know, the uh, miracle that Yahshua made, you know, at the, uh, uh, what was the name of the hill? I can't remember now, that uh, he performed the miracle of the uh, fish and loaves, okay, so miraculously multiplying the food there, but in this case, it's vessels of oil, all right? So it's it's definitely a parable looking forward to Messiah.
1: Back to you. Verse 8, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where it was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continuously. He, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he comes to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she has no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace the son." And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy (laughs) hand. Don't tell me lies. (laughs) Okay, so this recalls uh, what happened to Sarah,
0: right? And, and of course, uh, Mary. All right, please continue.
1: And the woman conceived. And bear a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may return to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him this day? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband?' Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But, but but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and Yahweh has hid it from me and has not told me. Then yes. she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins and take my staff in thy hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as Yahweh lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her and Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto Yahweh. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands, he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. (laughs) Okay,
0: so obviously this is the Holy Spirit coming upon the dead body of Yahshua and reviving it for the resurrection. Right, pretty obvious parable here, but back to you.
1: And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out.
0: Now, I wonder what the seven times, sneezed seven times. It could be the seven times of the punishment of Israel. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Yeah, all right.
1: There's always um yeah. a hidden message in all of this. There sure is. Yep. Okay. And Elijah came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds his full his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out, and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people, that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. And there came a man from Baal, Shalisha, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What, should I set this before a hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith Yahweh, They shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof, according to the word of Yahweh.
0: Okay, again, another reference to the uh, miracle of the loaves and fishes. All right. Chapter 5.
1: Chapter 5. Now, Naaman captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him, Yahweh had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty, mighty man of valor, mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill (laughs) and to make alive, that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and seek how he seeketh a quarrel against me.
0: Oh, no, so he doesn't trust the, uh, the, the messenger. He thinks there's,
1: there's a trick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And it was so, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha.
0: What happened to the gold and silver?
1: (laughs) Did the king keep that? (laughs) Okay, all right. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times. There's that seven again. That's right. And thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said behold I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper
0: Oh yeah he heard about that he heard about uh, Elisha smiting the water and separating him. why can't you do that for me right
1: <laughs> Okay I'm for sure. I'm a- <laughs> I want to see the, yeah, yeah. A, a big show. That's really yeah, amazing. right.
0: Yeah. I want, I want a, a dramatic, <laughs> a very, dramatic. Dr- there a you big, go. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be like uh, t- TV, you know, <laughs> right? Okay.
1: Verse 12. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. <laughs> oh, no.
0: I don't <laughs> want to be healed that way.
1: I want to be healed
0: my way. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: Okay. How about just being thankful for being healed? Yeah, that's right. Amen. Verse 13. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst, not, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Okay. Baby fat. Very good. All right. Verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, behold, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Amen. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, as Yahweh lives before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servants two mules burden of the earth for thy servant? will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto Yahweh. In this thing, Yahweh pardon thy servant, that when my master goes into the house of Rimmon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, when I bow down myself in the house of Rimmon, Yahweh pardon thy servant in this thing. And he said unto him, Go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman, this Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as Yahweh lives, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, all is well. My master has sent me saying, behold, even now there come, there be come to me from Mount Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men and maid servants? The leper seed, therefore, of Naaman, Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper <laughs> as white as
0: snow. Okay, so uh, Gehazi. I'm not sure what Gehazi did wrong here. Uh, I thought that uh, Elisha sent him out to meet with Naaman, but maybe it wasn't to ga- gather all the silver? I don't know. Okay. We'll have to, uh, uh, maybe we next week we can uh, get a commentary on this and figure out
1: what uh, Gehazi did wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So we went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, The axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put it on his hand, and he took it. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O (laughs) king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night encompassed the city about and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth behold an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him alas my master how shall we do and he answered fear not for they be with us for they that be with us are more than they that be with them And Elisha prayed and said, Yahweh, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And Yahweh opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha.
0: Oh, man, chariots of fire. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very good. Oh, by the way, sorry, I just quickly looked up, and apparently Gehazi uh, spoke in the name of Elisha falsely. And uh, fooled them. And so it was just a matter of greed. That's what happened.
1: Okay. All right. Back to you. Verse 18. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto Yahweh and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, when they were come into Samaria, that Elisha said, Yahweh, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And Yahweh opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them wouldst thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with the sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink, and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. And it came to pass after this that ben King of Syria gathered all his host, and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and, behold, they besieged it, until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king, And he said, If Yahweh do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What ails thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Cannibalism. Yeah. All right. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, "Give thy son that we we may eat him." And she has hid her son. Oh
0: no! (laughs) You made a deal. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, there you go. Wow. Okay. Well, there's lots of prophecies that the Israelites will be uh, will starve and become cannibals. All right, that happened a few (laughs) times. All right, back to you.
1: And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall. And the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then he said, God do so and more also to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat shall stand on him this day. But Elisha sat in his house and the elders sat with him and the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See ye how this son of a murderer has sent to take away mine head. Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him. And he said, Behold, this evil is of Yahweh. What should I wait for Yahweh any longer?
0: Okay, now the word evil here is reah which means uh judgment. Okay? It's not our mischief. It's anyway, anyway, uh it's not that Yahweh does evil, but chastisement is probably the best translation here because Yahweh doesn't do evil. He he executes judgment.
1: Okay? Yeah. All right, chapter 7. 7 Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of Yahweh. Thus saith Yahweh. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God, and said, Behold, if Yahweh would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes but shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, what, why would the Syrians uh, take you know, and uh, uh, you know, help these leprous people? You know, that's, not, <laughs> that's really not going to happen. All right, back to you.
1: Well, they felt they had nothing to lose. Yeah, anymore. right, there you go, yeah. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired us, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life.
0: Yeah, all right. (laughs) Okay.
1: And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. They, they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city. And they told them, saying, We come, we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain which are left in the city. Behold, they are all as the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. They took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king, And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of Yahweh. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge at the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if Yahweh should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes but shall not eat thereof.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. thou non-believer, right? Okay, so the miracle will happen, but you won't taste of it. Okay, you'll see it, but won't
1: taste of it. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trode upon him in the gate, and he died. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: all right. Man, trampled, trampled to death in the gate. All right, chapter yep. eight.
1: Okay. Chapter eight. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For Yahweh has called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elijah has done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life, cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elijah restored to life.
0: Okay, now Gehazi must still be leprous at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, back to you.
1: And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. And Elisha came to Damascus, and Benadad the king of Syria was sick, and it was told him, saying, The man of God is come thither. And the king said unto Hazael, Take a present in thine hand, and go, meet the man of God, and inquire of Yahweh by him, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? So Hazael went to meet him, and took a present with him, even of the of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels burden, and it came and and came and stood before him, and said, Thy son Benadad, king of Syria, has sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? And Elijah said unto him, Go say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit, Yahweh has showed me that <laughs> he shall surely die. <laughs> okay, all right. Your time's up. Yep. And he settled his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed and the man of God wept. And Hazael said, Why weepeth, my lord? And he answered, Because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Ooh. Their strongholds wilt, set, wilt thou set on fire, and their young men wilt thou slay with the sword, and will dash their children and rip up their women with child. And Hazael said, But what, is thy servant a dog, that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, Yahweh has showed me that thou shalt be king over Syria. Oh, 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 wow. Okay. So so he departed from Elisha and came to his master, who said to him, What said Elisha to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou should surely recover. And it came to pass on the morrow that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died. And Hazael reigned in his stead. Okay. And in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, being then king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of Yahweh. Yet Yahweh would not destroy Judah for David his servant's sake, as he promised him to give him always a light and to his children. In his days, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. So Joram went over to Zer and all the chariots with him. And he rose by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him about, and the captains of the chariots, and the people fled into their tents. Yet Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. And the rest of the acts of Joram, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Joram slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his stead. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, begin to reign. Two and twenty years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, And did evil in the sight of Yahweh, as did the house of Ahab. For he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. And he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to the war against Hazael, king of Syria, in Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram. And King Joram went back to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him at Ramah, when he fought against Hazael, king of Syria. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram king of Judah went down to see Joram the son of Ahab in Jezreel because he was sick.
0: Okay, that hmm. con- yeah that concludes chapter eight, and I don't know if we have enough time to do chapter nine because it's thirty-seven verses.
1: Yeah, we'll
0: probably just yes. pick up with that next week. Yeah, pick, uh, but, uh, we need to, uh, do some research about, uh, Athaliah or Athaliah. I'll see what the correct pronunciation is or the, uh, you know, consensus pronunciation is. Cause Athaliah or Athaliah, she wound up being queen of Judah for a while. And, uh, I don't know how she accomplished that. <laughs> right? Uh, I think she married uh, she married one of the kings of Judah, and uh, that king died, or she, uh, she, uh, uh, poisoned him, or something like that. There's a real story behind Athaliah, so, uh, we'll see if we can dredge that up for next week, because that is a fascinating story. And, uh, so the, uh, a, an Israelite of the Ten Northern Tribes actually wound up being Queen of Judah for a while okay so we'll, we'll see if we can tell that story next week. All right so good job Dan. this is uh, I mean uh, the two prophets Elijah and Elisha ha- had very uh, eventful lives <laughs> to say the least okay mm-hmm. And a lot of cursing and death and destruction and judgment uh, went on between those two prophets. man we need prophets like that in the land today, right? <laughs> We surely need them. All right, Mm -hmm. folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, Amazing stuff here. And we'll be back next week with the story of Athaliah, uh, who wound up being queen of Judah for a while, and see if we can make sense of that. All right? Okay. Dad, take care. Take care, everybody. Yahweh bless you all, and have a Jew-free day. (laughs) All right? Okay. (laughs) Talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody.